Welcome to City of God, a podcast of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'll be your host. Join us each week as we engage the city of man with the biblical wisdom of the city of God. How many times today have you looked at your phone? If you and I actually kept a running tally, it might embarrass us. Cal Newport wants us to think hard about our connection to our devices. He's just published the book, Digital Minimalism, Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World. Some of you who listen to City of God will know that a couple years ago, I interviewed Newport after he published his book, Deep Work. I first encountered Deep Work through the resource ministry, if you can call it that, of Thomas Kidd, a great professor at Baylor University. Kidd recommended Deep Work as this summons to a life of deep thinking, putting away devices, avoiding distraction, and recognizing that one's attention is just about the best commodity one brings to one's work. I love deep work. I continue to recommend it very widely to friends and peers and students. And now I'm very thankful that Newport has followed up deep work with the book Digital Minimalism. In Digital Minimalism, to condense, Newport calls for people to engage technology with great thoughtfulness. His case is not that we should not partake of technology, we should not be on social media, for example, depending on our job, though he has a wide category, a very open category for people getting off of Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever it may be. Listeners are going to have to sort that out according to their own desires and vocational needs, priorities. And yet it should be noted here on the record that Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism, is one that everybody should read. And I do mean that. We are all seduced by technology today. In particular, we are all tempted to give it that most prized of our possessions, as I referenced a moment ago, our attention. Our attention really is, I buy Newport's case, our attention really is just about the most valuable Uh, uh, possession we have. If we give our attention, we can do this in spiritual terms, to bad things, we are not going to thrive spiritually and we are not going to honor the Lord. If we give our attention to the things of God, if we meditate on God, if we read his word, if we are regular in prayer to him, if we are making local church worship and church membership a serious priority of our lives, that is going to have a direct effect on our spiritual walk with the Lord. If we are regularly thinking about the glories of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, redeemed by his blood, absorbing the just and perfect wrath of God on our behalf. If we're giving attention to that, that is going to shape and form us in innumerable ways. But if we are distracted and distracted continually, in fact, if we are so distracted that we're not actually in the end really distracted, Because to be distracted implies, doesn't it, that you are focused on something and then taken away from that focus. But if you are always giving in to your distraction, I'm not sure you can still speak of it as an actual distraction. I think perhaps we should think of ourselves today as almost giving ourselves over, at least being tempted to, let's put it that way, to buy into a life of so-called distraction and lose priority of what rightly should be our focus. Now, I think these words are going to land for many people out there. They certainly land for me included. We know the pull 
of a smartphone in our hand when we're in a task that is not the one we would prefer to do at this given moment. We know how hard it is as a young father or mother, for example, when you really just are coveting some time to think and set yourself aside and maybe even, yes, be a little bit distracted. Let's say it's been a a pounding season at work and your children really want to play with you and really want your attention. There's that word again, but you are tempted. You feel the siren call of that phone. We all know this. If it's not our phone, by the way, it's our tablet. If it's not our tablet, it's our computer. If it's not our computer, it's the TV. Most of us, in some form, can feel this pull, if we're thinking about it even. We can summon up the sensation of wanting to tune into our devices uh, repetitively, repeatedly, uh, at, at many different moments of the day, if we let ourselves stray back to quieter moments. Cal Newport is targeting us. Cal Newport, in the best sense, I think, has us in his sights. In Digital Minimalism, he calls us to think hard about how we're going to use technology. He calls for us actually to come up with our own philosophy, that's his word, of technology. Why do we use technology? What are we using it for? What role do we want it to play in our lives? This is fascinating. Some of you out there enjoy thinking in presuppositional terms as I do. What Newport is calling for is really presuppositional engagement of technology. In other words, how do you approach technology? When you read even Christian writing about technology, not all of it, but some of it, you recognize that it often reduces to practices. And many of those recommended practices, by the way, are going to be helpful for you and for me. In other words, not to always be on your phone, you know, to put your phone in a a little box or something when you come home and not check it all the time or with your computer to have set times when when you're checking email and then you're not checking email. These kind of practices I actually think are commendable and helpful. Listen, many people are just being bowled over by the wave of emerging technologies or technologies, I guess, that have already emerged and are now, again, knocking us over. Many people are not thinking critically or practically about these things at all. This relates to parenting as well. When when we hear talk about parents and devices relative to kids, the conversation tends to go in exactly the kind of direction I was just mapping out. In other words, what how early should we give a kid a smartphone or something like this? Or what should be the browsing policy of the kid on the tablet? These sorts of things. But Newport calls us to go a step beyond that, before that, really, and say, what is our philosophy? Or, or maybe a better word for those of us who are Christians and follow Christ. What is our theology of technology? In other words, how are, how are we to understand technology at all? I think many of us, to put this in just summary form briefly, are going to see technology as a gift, but a dangerous one. And we're going to recognize that we can use technology for very good ends, which we, we can also be effectively, if we're not careful, mastered by technology. We can become the servant of it. And that's, that's what I was referencing a few minutes ago when I was talking about not merely living a life of distraction, but but making the distraction your focus rather than what God has actually given you to steward in your life your focus. We need, then, to rethink these kind of things from the foundations. 
We need to ask how we can receive the gifts of technology, but do so carefully, thoughtfully, and in such a way that enables us to limit ourselves. Really, what Newport has uncovered in his book and in his writing from his own particular angle, he doesn't write from an explicitly Christian angle, so let that be said, but this is a viewpoint that he, he unfolds in digital minimalism that many people will appreciate of, of frankly, varying worldviews. But we need to see limitation as not merely a presence in our lives, but as a good element of our lives. In other words, we might think that we are going to be most happy when we have the most time to aimlessly surf the web. But Newport points to studies that show that people actually get crankier and more anxious when they have lots of time on the web, and in particular on social media. I don't know about you. Uh, You think about it yourself. Is that what happens with you? I think it's what happens with me when I have too much time on the internet and on social media. I think we can tend to become effectively the worst version of ourselves after multiple hours online, whether that's, you know, on websites or whether that's on social media itself. It doesn't really matter. I think the internet has a tendency, and I don't exactly know why, but it has a tendency to make you, over time, worn down and thus the worst version of yourself. So if you tend, you know, to have a little bit of a quick trigger in the anger department, as you're spending more and more time with these technologies, these modern technologies, you're going to tend to be firing off and quite upset and hard to, to, to simmer down, uh, and you're going to interact with the people around you who love you in a much more caustic and frustrated and stressed way. If you tend to be depressive and you tend to struggle with insecurity and comparing yourself to others, well, boy, watch out for social media because you're going to get on there and you're going to see people sharing, in many cases, the best moments of their day, the happiest moments of their lives for all to see, and then you're going to compare that to your on-the-ground experience, and guess whose is going to come up wanting? Yours. And so social media slash the internet is, again, going to tend to make you the worst version of yourself. You're going to come away from it not jazzed up and having had three hours of fun, but you're going to come away feeling, honestly, spent and depressed and like you're not getting anything done. You're going to be insecure. You're going to have your insecurities magnified. The solution to insecurity, by the way, is not some sort of psychological practice. The solution to insecurity, as we call it, it's a very therapeutic term, is God's security, to find your worth in God. So here again, we come back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, and that is that Newport is right when he isolates attention as an extremely valuable possession. What are we giving our attention to? This, of course, transcends discussions of technology or social media or Facebook or online world or whatever it may be. What do you give your attention to? You are going to be shaped much more than you and I might want to admit by what you give yourself to. You might think, no, I'm going to learn how to engage technology. But here's the deal, friends. More than we might want to admit, technology engages us. Technology even will take us over. Here is one word I would say in conclusion uh, in reflecting on digital minimalism. I finished it just a few days ago. 
really enjoyed it. Numerous stories that Newport surfaces, examples from history of deep thinkers and great leaders, Abraham Lincoln, for example, who got away from the matting crowd. Of course, they didn't have the internet, but they got away from the hustle and bustle, for example, in Lincoln's case of Washington, D.C. in the 1850s and 1860s, in order to have solitude and think. These kind of realities, these kind of practices, yes, this kind of broader philosophy and theology of technology is, is going to help us, if we will allow it, to appreciate technology, but only in its proper place. And this is what I would say in, in concluding, that we need to be those as believers captivated by the Lord Jesus Christ who find the goodness in all of life. We don't want to be addicts of anything, including technology. But this age has a pull to it. And one of the most strong pulls many of us feel on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis is to get addicted to technology, to get addicted to our distractions. We need to do things like get out in nature, We need to take walks. We need to go for a run. We need to leave our phone behind. We need to not give the Instagram picture of the great meal we ate. When we're talking with our spouse or a church member or a friend or someone we're discipling, we need to turn the phone off, not merely ignore the phone when it rings, but actually, if we can, turn it off. Or or as Newport talks about, put it in dumb mode or get a dumb phone or something like this. We want to cultivate We want to cultivate the stewardship of our attention, and we need to recognize that the battle begins now. We can't put this off. We can't reduce this merely to two or three moments throughout the day when we spend a little less time checking our email than others. I have myself deleted a few apps from my phone. I deleted Gmail from my phone. I deleted Twitter from my phone, and I haven't missed it a day since. This is one of the primary testimonies that's, that, that recurs throughout digital minimalism, Cal Newport's new book, is that people give up these new technologies that everyone says we must have, especially, by the way, Silicon Valley, which stands to make not merely millions, not merely billions, but hundreds of billions of dollars from us, from us giving our attention in gobs to these platforms and these apps and these, these sites. Facebook is now valued at over $800 billion. Facebook is now larger in terms of its GDP, so-called, than many nations of the earth. Why? It's, it's in major part because we have granted it that power over us. So all this to say, we need to be those who think about technology and engage technology in a very different way from those who do not have the spirit frankly, and do not have that call to self-control and do not understand that they are being distracted literally to death, that their attention is being drawn away even further than it already was from the things of God. Let's not be those who sound an anti-technological note in our society today. Let's use technology. Let's use it to get the gospel out there. I'm doing it right now on a podcast, speaking into a microphone. You're listening to it in some form of sophisticated technology. But let's do these things with limits. Let's trumpet the goodness of God and his created order, of which technologies are just one small part. And let's think much more carefully and deeply in a Christ-centered way. 
Christ being our chief treasure and not a phone, tablet, computer, TV, than we often do. Thanks for listening to City of God, a podcast at the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're so thankful you stopped by. We encourage you to continue to join the conversation at cpt.mbts.edu, the official website of the center. And we encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Join us in coming days as we continue the conversation on what it means to be the city of God in the city of man. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today.